Welcome to the Woohoo Crew podcast, where cosmic culture meets pop culture, where we discuss topics like astrology, numerology, the mind-body connection, as well as sports, music, and entertainment. I'm your host, Brandon. I'm joined by my co-host, my pseudo-guru, Cheryl. We are the Woohoo Crew. Hello, Cheryl, my pseudo-guru. Welcome to episode five. Let me start off the show as I do every episode by asking you, did you catch any woohoo this past week? Woohoo, Brandon. Happy woo-hoo. episode five yeah. in Sagittarius season. I did through my meditations and also uh, the laughter challenge. I caught the currency to really feel the greatness of woohoo craft and to know the direction to go. And I'm so glad that you caught it as well because we were able to discuss it yesterday, our highest visions yeah. for the craft. Yeah, things like trying to figure out what the what our core values were, the the mission of Woohoo Crafts and what we're trying to accomplish, things like that. Yeah, our quest for it and what we want for the Wooers. Yeah, so that's, um, I think we spent our Sagittarius currency really well. How did the laughter challenge go for you? <laughs> it went it went well. Um, it's it's fun to laugh and to um, especially when people are like, oh, I don't really feel like laughing right now, and then they wind up laughing. Um, and then I went with somebody who laughs a lot with Kira, who was our guest from episode one, and she'll talk to everybody. Yeah. So it makes it really fun. She'll say, "Hey, we're doing this laughter challenge, and we're just gonna laugh and see if you'll laugh too." <laughs> it's just so fun. That's cool. Mm-hmm. And did your did your uh... Did your victim, did he laugh as well? <laughs> victim? Um, <laughs> yes, our, um, our pseudo-scientific study participant. Yes, um, yes, everybody that we came into contact with laughed as well. That's awesome. So that felt good, yeah. All right, cool. First quarter, reason for the season. Woohoo! Okay, welcome back to the first quarter. So... Cheryl, so far this season, we've talked about Jupiter, we've talked about Sagittarius, and what else do you have in store for us? So Jupiter is a planet, and the planets are our core archetypal movers. There are basic components of the psyche, our urges, our, our drives. So the sun is our drive to shine. And Jupiter, like our drive to expand and, and give and the wisdom. And they're named after deities. Then we have our signs, which in this season is Sagittarius. And that's our values, our attitudes, our motivations, our agendas toward the expression of the cosmic principle. And it's the sun sign is that your fuel source. So we get fuel from that. We get currency from that. We get energy from that. Then the houses are our behaviors, our outward expression of these cosmic principles, where things happen. They're the arena, where it shows up in our life, the the circumstances. And a house is just like, you know, like your house. It's a dwelling place. It's a holder where we make our decisions and deal with situations as they present themselves, where we face the the effect of our, our synchronicities. It's the concrete effects. And there's many different kinds of houses, just like we have 12 signs, we have 12 houses and each house correlates with a sign. So that's, I thought we could, we could 
discuss the ninth house, which has the, the flavor of Sagittarius, the light of Sagittarius. Okay, so we have, is it safe to say that there are three main categories? So planets, signs, and houses? Yes. Okay. Okay, got it. And there's 12 houses. Is there, does a house align with a specific sign or season, or is it, or why is the ninth house associated with Sagittarius? So the houses, they are, they are aligned with, with the, the signs, but not necessarily the seasons. Although right now we could focus on our ninth house. So for just to know, to make sure that it's activated, the, the arena is activated and perhaps have a space in our house in our, in our dwelling that we live in to, to play this out. So for Sagittarius, for ninth house, that would be a space to um, meditate or pray and have books and, and maps and globes to travel and maybe a stage to do comedy in your house. <laughs> um, that, that would be uh, a way to um, embody the currency of Sagittarius in the ninth house at the moment. It, it folk, so you need to know your first house. And what is your first house? What is your rising sign? It's Sagittarius, isn't I'm it? Sag, I'm a Sagittarius rising, but I, I think my first house is Sagittarius too. Right, because your first house is your rising okay. sign. That's your first house. And so your ninth house would be in Leo. Yeah, Leo. Right. So Leo is playfulness and creativity and Leo's fun and self-expression being spontaneous, spontaneous self-expression, play, and that direct forthrightness. So with your ninth house, Leo ruling your ninth house, that would be that you would rely on humor and playfulness and performance when you're seeking the, the mastery of your knowledge and your, um, your spirituality. So that is to see how you combine that with what rules your ninth house, but considering what the ninth house is, which we're going to, going to discuss. Does okay. that make sense? I think so. Okay. So let's see if it makes sense. Cause I want to make sure that it makes sense to you and to our listeners. It's where everything plays out the arena, like our, our life. And it's, and we have different houses. They have like you. Were you in a fraternity? Uh, no. Yeah, I wasn't either. Okay, so, but you know how like there's certain houses that like one of them's like maybe the party house, or even like in your yeah. neighborhood, like yeah. oh, that's the party house. That's well, the, my house in college was the party house. Your house was the party house. Okay, yeah. and some of them are kind of like some houses are maybe dark, um, like scary kind of houses, and some might be like painful. Um, some are, you know, more ours, like a, <laughs> ours was like a hippie commune, I think. Yeah. So all the houses are different in that way. Like the arenas yeah. of them as well, which, which is fun. It's like, you know, we're here to play right in, in life. It's a, it's a game. All the world's a stage. Didn't somebody say that? Uh, <laughs> I think it was descendant of, uh, our second or third guest. That's what right. Maria. Yeah. Third. Um, that's right. She's a descendant of, of Shakespeare. Bill Shakespeare. Yeah, so Bill. <laughs> so the houses are, they build on each other. It's, it's the, your psychological path, your personal quest. So the first house is the beginning and it goes all the way around to the 12th house. And then you play out some things in, the, in, in each one. So in the ninth house, what you play out 
what you what you want to activate is your quest for mastering something, your mastership, how you expand yourself and how you teach others. Like what is it that is your core value that you how you want to find meaning from life and when you're focused on that and mastering that having that experience then you can teach others what that is that would be the ninth house so i have my ninth house in taurus so for me when i travel like i have to stay at a place that has really nice sheets and towels and stuff like <laughs> and and one time my husband and i were in um we were in arizona for our 30th wedding anniversary and there were polyester sheets and and I was really excited because he couldn't sleep either. So we had to go out and buy like sheets and a comforter and stuff. So I have to travel and I, and I have to be really comfortable and grounded where, when I travel. Well, that's good though. I mean, at least, you know, you're aware of what your needs are, you know, and, mm -hmm. and uh, even if it's a little high maintenance. <laughs> yes. Yes. I am high maintenance. My kids laugh. And not only that, you know, I have to like bring all my, my, my juicer, my mix, you know, my blender, like all my stuff. Yeah. So, and then, and then when I get to a place, I have to, like, we always have an Airbnb near like a farmer's market or a place that has uh, locally grown food. So yeah, that's me. That's my, cause my ninth house <laughs> is in Taurus. <laughs> well, it, uh, you figured out what works for you and that's, and that's half the battle, right? Mm -hmm. And my husband's is in um, Sagittarius because he's, his first house is Aries. So he's in Sagittarius. So he's playful and, and he likes to have fun and likes to have an adventure. So he is for him and he's got the Capricorn sun. So he's able to um, find these places. He's in whenever he, you know, when we used to travel, obviously, and he would say, okay, let's go here. Um, and we're going to stay here because it's really close to, they have this natural food store that you'll like. That's awesome. Yeah. So does every, is every human do they have the same, are they also in the ninth house right now? No. And we're not in the, we're not like necessarily in the ninth house. You're in like, it, like right now, consider where you have Sagittarius in your chart. Oh, so but I'm I in my that, first house. Okay. So it's yeah, different you're for everybody. In your first house. It's different for everybody. And, but we consider your ninth house where that is like you, those things could be coming up for you because the Sag Sagittarius, Jupiter, ninth house, they're all about expansion. Okay. And they're all about um, learning. They're all about um, uh, meditation or prayer, living life. Like all of them are about that living life in a, in a fun way, having an experience, having an adventure. So all of them share that it's, it's ruled by Sagittarius and the planet Jupiter, the ninth house. It's, it's what's in the sky that like, if you look at a chart, it's in the peak of the sky, when you're introduced to the world, that open entryway toward the heavens and it's, it's philosophy and greater wisdom. So this is the time of year, you know, where don't they call them the holy days, the holy days. So what's holy is your philosophy, your greatest wisdom. And when you expand in that way, you grow and then you share with others how you expanded and it could be education it could be travel um, communicating your thoughts maybe you do some philosophical research and then experience that that's all under the rulership of the ninth house okay and so it's higher learning which doesn't mean that 
you have to go like get your master's degree, but notice they call it master's degree, right? So it doesn't mean you have to go like to a college or university, which if you do, that's fine, it's great. You could get your higher learning from other modalities on your own personal quest. You're taking it higher. Gotcha. Yeah. So um, that's what we're, that's, it's, it's, you know, the holy days, your holy grail, your moral framework to make judgments. Just like you and I, you naturally said, let's work on our highest vision for woohoo craft. That is being in alignment with ninth house. Yeah. What, right. What, what is our mission? What do we want to focus on? How can we share it with others? How can we help people maybe improve something in their life, et cetera? Yeah. Right. What have we learned in our lifetime up to now that we're correlating and sharing together, sharing the perspective, sharing the understanding, sharing the knowledge, not imposing rules on each other because that's Sagittarius is is in ninth house. It's not about opposing the rules. It's about journeying into this like a cultural framework where and in woohoo craft it's where we bring multiple culture cultural archetypes into our framework the myths of the world and how they how they correlate in the, in that search for meaning and that search for woohoo and that desire to understand that you know the universe or nature's law okay so let me try and better understand this so what's the significance or why are we talking about the ninth house today Sagittarius and Jupiter rule the ninth house. Ah, okay. Okay. Gotcha. So it's a time to think about travel. So for you, your ninth house is your ninth house is ruled by Leo. Leo, Right. Right. So it's naturally ruled by Sagittarius. So it's going to have those same archetypes, those same uh, codes that you want to activate. So when it's ruled by Leo for you, when you, when you travel, when you experience something, when you journey into other cultures, when you figure out your moral codes, your moral framework, it would be best to do it in a playful, creative way with that Leo. With, so it's like taking the Leo currency and the, the ninth house and Sagittarius currency together. It would be like, you know, like you could just wear red, right? Well, I guess you don't yet, right? Soon you'll be wearing red socks. We're going to get do that by John. It'll be the new year's resolution, red socks. Okay. So you could just wear one color. So let's say you could just be all Sagittarius oriented, or you could wear two colors, right? That would be Sagittarius and Leo in your case. So we all, that's what makes us so unique and our patterning is so different and how, how our framework is, our, our blueprint is, our, our design. So for, in your case, the ninth house where you're, the arena, where that plays out, where you travel, where you make your, where you, your higher learning would have the arena with Leo, you would play that out with, with Leo ruling energy. that. Yeah. So Leo would, so if, so for instance, you would be in your blueprint alignment if when you're, when you're experiencing and when you're, and you might even want to travel during Leo season in the, in the summer, when you're traveling there and when you're, when you're taking that creative, playful approach to higher learning, it's going to feel better and you'll get more of that woohoo currency, more of that life force in your bank account 
when you're in alignment with that. Does that make sense? Yeah. So you're taking the mission of the current house and using the characteristics of your ninth house to fulfill that mission. Right. So where your ninth house is. So for instance, the ninth house arena. Okay. So like, let's say, let's say you went to a ninth house. Let's say there was one. Well, I think it'd be really cool to have a neighborhood where you have all these 12 houses, right? So let's just suppose you have a astrologically aligned neighborhood. Maybe we can do that with your real estate, with your real estate currency and, and my astrology. We could, we could have a 12 house. <laughs> we could start building 12 house neighborhoods. Like, I would like, be so. like, like, yeah, like new age, modern neighborhoods for the uh, 22nd century. Yeah. So the ninth house, it would be number nine, right? You'd go in there, there'd be all the books. It'd, every room would be filled with books and there'd be maps and there'd be stages to play. And there would be uh, ways to ways to talk about traveling and philosophy. Um, and and, and there, there'd be teas of holy basil and sage. And that would be how that would be the arena. And then you particularly, you would bring in Leo, which is ruled by this, right, right? That's ruled by the sun. And you would, when you went to that house, you would be creative and playful and and decide, oh, I'm going to travel to a, a different culture. And when I'm there, what can I do that's fun? What can I do that's creative? And you would find that out when you went to the ninth house and then your wife's a Leo, right? Yep. And you'd come home and say, hey, honey, we're going to go to this particular country and do this amazing fun thing yeah. because you learned about it in the ninth house. Now, most of us don't have these um, astrological neighborhoods because it hasn't come yet because you and I haven't um, <laughs> created these woohoo neighborhoods, but I think we should, especially here in Georgia. So you might not have a, a, like a, a tangible, you know, 3D space to do it, but right. it's, it's just in your life. Yeah. That's what you would yeah. do. So for you, when you're doing these things, make sure that it's creative and, and that you're having fun and that you're being forthright. Makes sense. Like, Hey, I really want to do this. I want to go to Peru and I want to, you know, ride a llama. Um, and I want to, when I do it, I want to, um, and then you'd say something fun that you'd want to do when you rode your llama, like you want to sing your favorite song. You know, what's that band that you like? Fish or something, right? Fish. Yep. Yeah. That's correct. So you'd want, you know, something like that, right? That's what you want to do because that makes it fun and creative like that. But you're traveling, you're experiencing a different culture, you're, um, you're, you're lifting, you're raising your experiences higher. That's your higher education. I like your idea about the astrologically <laughs> aligned neighborhoods. Actually, I really like that too. You might, you might be on it. I could tell by you, you're giddy now. <laughs> um, you just imagine the Scorpio house. Oh my gosh, we'd yeah. have so much fun with that. It'd be very dark. Yeah, um, so yeah. It'd be on fire, burned down, I think the first day. Well, there'd be lots of fires, but Sagittarius would have fire too. It would just be a different kind of fire. It'd have to be made out of like stone or concrete. Well, Scor Scorpio is like water though. Scorpio is okay. water, but it would okay. be like murky water. There'd be like lotus ponds and stuff. Yeah. It'd be great. It's going to be great. Our Scorpio house. They're all going to be fabulous. <laughs> I, I say we do it, Brandon. I, I really do. The only astrologically aligned neighborhood in the world is what we're talking about here, folks. Yep. So you're all in on it. Whoever wants to um, talk to us about investing, you know where to reach us. All right. Well, that is, that is fascinating as always. Uh, anything else you have for us on the ninth house? Let us know about your ninth house. I, I think it's, so interesting. Um, 
you know, just to consider your destiny and, and even maybe your religion, your philosophy, just that higher education is also law too. So it's where, you know, you get justice and maybe if, if law is one of your, um, your interests. And I think I might've told you like my, my daughter, Frankie is, you know, her, her room is in the Sagittarius section of the house. So the, the section of your space is South Southwest. So you could put things there. That would be perhaps where you might want to put your bookcases or your study, your study place, or where you would meditate or where you would pray perhaps in that area. And also, you know how life is a game, right? So, you know, there's blockages and stuff to our higher learning to, you know, um, you may want to put a Ganesh there because Ganesh, the, the frequency, the currency of Ganesh is to, uh, to remove obstacles. What is Ganesh again? Ganesh is a, is a god. He's okay. a, a god. Yeah, he's a Hindu god, elephant god. Yeah, and he's um, his power is to remove obstacles. Now, to me, uh, Horton, who, here's a who. Horton oh, yeah, is the is the uh, yeah is the American Ganesh, and um, I actually have a Ganesh that looks like Horton, and so that just that makes sense to me because I feel like that's what Horton does is help remove obstacles to listen, like to listen to the who's. Cool. Okay. Well, thanks again. Yeah. Just for you with your Leo, like be, you know, it's a romantic and playful when exploring the world and pursuing uh, wisdom, do it yeah. with romance and playfulness. Yeah. Very good message and information there. Sudo Guru. Thank you very much. Once again. Thank you. And we will see you back for the second quarter. Second quarter. Wire. We're back, second quarter. I tell a story. Pseudo Guru channels a cosmic force on the woohoo wire, and we try and figure out the meaning of the story. So I grew up a huge Michael Jordan fan, arguably the best, greatest basketball player ever. At one point in the 90s, Michael Jordan was the most recognizable person on the planet. His Chicago Bulls teams won six NBA championships. Probably could have been more if he didn't retire after the first three and try to play Major League Baseball. He won uh, the NBA MVP like five times. Should have been more, but I think the league got tired of giving him the award. His Nike brand, Air Jordan, made over $4 billion in revenue last year. Jordan himself is worth almost $2 billion. Despite all of those accomplishments, there was something else about Michael Jordan that made him my childhood idol. And it's probably the same thing for a lot of kids that grew up in the 80s. One of the most fascinating stories about Jordan is that he got cut from his high school basketball team as a sophomore. That's right. He wasn't good enough to make the team. This happens to kids every year, but it's how they handle it, which separates the special athletes. So Jordan was talking to someone a few years ago about that summer that he got, he got cut. And basically what he said is whenever he got tired from practicing or working out, he just visualized that list of players in the locker room that did not have his name on it. And that right there is, it really became his MO for his entire career using rejection working harder and smarter than anyone else, believing in himself and really manufacturing a chip on his shoulder 
to become one of the greatest athletes of all time. Tom Brady, the, the Bucks and the former New England Patriots quarterback, did the same thing. He was, he was drafted in the sixth round of, I think, the, like the 2000 NFL draft. And there were six quarterbacks that were drafted before him. And so he used that chip on his shoulder, even till this day, to push himself, himself to work harder and smarter, believing in himself. And ultimately, he's going to go down as the greatest quarterback of all time. But, but back to Jordan. So I have a funny little story. When I was about 15, the Bulls played an exhibition game in St. Petersburg, Florida. So I went to the game with a few buddies. I'm from that area. And as we're leaving the game, we walked past the team bus. And for some reason, I asked the driver what hotel the team was staying at. And he actually told me. So we head over there. And when we get there, there were a few people, fans, I guess, in the lobby. And gra gradually, more and more people started showing up. So we, we obviously weren't the, the only people that had this secret hotel information. As the crowd gets bigger and bigger, I, I spot this elevator in the back of the lobby that has the doors propped open. Nobody's in there. For some reason, I, I was drawn to it. I don't know why. I think maybe I figured, well, the players are going to have to go up at some point. So I go in and I stand in the elevator. And after a couple of minutes, the crowd's gotten really big at this time. And it's obvious that the players have arrived. And I could see from my from my empty elevator that these pockets of people are swarming around players. And then the security guard comes over and stands right in front of my elevator. He doesn't say anything to me. I, I'm, I'm about to like pee my pants with excitement, even though I have no idea how this is going to play out. And then all of a sudden without seeing anything in particular, I could just tell that Michael Jordan was in the lobby. Like there was the, the buzz and the energy were really high a few minutes earlier, but it just all of a sudden became like electric, like, like the president or the Pope had just walked into the room and I could see this, this massive crowd slowly moving and it was moving right towards me. And then all of a sudden, like some 15 year old kids fantasy, Michael Jordan emerges from the crowd and walks into my elevator. And at this point, two other security guards were, were there and they were trying to basically keep like hundreds of people from getting in my elevator. And they did a really good job because it's basically, it's just me and Michael Jordan standing there roped off from like this massive crowd. So I'm of course like speechless and I'm, I'm very confused as to why I wasn't removed from the elevator. And uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm either going to throw up or <laughs> have some kind of involuntary bodily movement or something. So <laughs> a few more people eventually get into the elevator could have been managers, agents, I, uh, people, friends. I have no idea. And then it gets even crazier. So Michael Jordan all of a sudden shouts, Scotty, get in here. Mm -hmm. And that is, of course, Scotty Pippen, also a Hall of Fame basketball player. And he, too, stands right next to me. So I'm basically staring up at these two guys, and, and I'm basically like a Jordan Pippen sandwich at this point. So the elevator door eventually closes. We start going up. I regain my composure and I start thinking about what I can say to Michael Jordan. It's got to be cool. He's got to remember it for the rest of his life. And he's got to tell all his buddies what a cool kid he met in St. Pete. <laughs> what I ended up saying was not quite that memorable. In fact, I'm not even really sure. I, I asked him something about his golf game and I think I blacked out mid sentence, but I do recall that both he and Scotty Pippen signed the shirt I was wearing and, and both of them could not have been nicer 
and cooler to this uh, this wide-eyed you know teenager from from St. Pete. So we get off the top floor, everybody gets out, and I awkwardly just kind of stay in the elevator, and I ride back down to the lobby by myself. I look for my buddies, tell them what an incredible story I just had, and I probably needed a change of clothes. But what <laughs> what is it about someone like Michael Jordan that that can take not only a 15-year-old kid, but pretty much the entire world and have them take notice and appreciate more than anything else is talents and intelligence and work ethic and accomplishments. His nickname is Air Jordan, but when people talk about like rare air, he's probably in the rarest air of anyone within the last several generations. Nine here. Hey, that was the Woohoo Wire. Hey, uh, number nine? No, letter number nine. nine. <laughs> <laughs> number nine. Wow. Welcome. Welcome Thank to the you. Woohoo Crew. How are you? It, it feels good to be here. It does. Thank you so much for inviting me. Absolutely. And you, uh, as we've talked about the, the sound system in the Woohoo Wire, did, you got a chance to hear my, uh, my discussion on Michael Jordan? I did. Okay. I did. Yes. Okay. Any thoughts? Well, he has the gift of nine. He was born in 63 and six and three is nine. Oh, wow. So he has my gift that he came here with, which is a natural spirit talent, a smooth operator and sensitivity is his power. So that's the gift that he came in here with. And, and I, I remember when he was um, being born because my colleague eight was real excited because eight is his soul number. He was born on the 17th. One in seven is eight. Okay. And eight is about light, your life force, your, your uh, you know, what you call your woohoo bank account, the, the, some uh, and other places in, in, um, like in Sanskrit, it's called prana where you, it's your, it's your breath and it's even more than breath. It's your life force, right? Have you seen um, that movie that we, we watch it up here, which we love the star Wars, the life force, you know, like yeah. may the force be with you yeah. that. So yeah, he that's... was born with that. That's his sole mission is to not only collect prana, like being able to, to catch it, the prana as, as you all work on, on your craft, he's able to, share the prana as well that's his sole purpose to tap into that life force of the universe and get the power to empower other people so i knew that soon and and i like the way you referred to him as rare air because that's what um that's nine right there it's that limitless limitless possibility of attainment it's very okay. blissful. It's have you heard of cloud nine? I have. So that's what I embody. And that's what I want everybody to, to be able to tap into that bliss of accomplishment, the satisfaction of success. So if you look at my number nine, I've, I find myself very beautiful. Do you? Uh, I, stunning. Yes. That circle on top. Oh, that, that represents the crown right above you. Do you ever wear a crown? 
Um, nobility. Yeah, only when I'm home alone. <laughs> it's a great, it's a great idea to wear a crown. You know, some of them they do that, the ones that live in castles and such. But we can all wear them. So we, all, you, you know, you all have a crown, and that's part of that's the 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 top of me. The nine is that crown, which connects to the the mysteries, the uh, magic. It connects up to the the universal cosmic realm of possibility and then you know that bottom part that tail that long tail mm -hmm. that's what you pull kind of like a kite and you pull it down so you pulled my energy down to be able to um, manifest it's like a balloon of bliss that's what i think of myself wow, a balloon a, of bliss that's a really cool uh yeah. that's a really cool description i never thought about that cloud nine i i never never really thought about the origin of that but that's that's about when you're describing you mm -hmm. know this this state of you know high bliss or high just happiness you say i'm on cloud nine yes and it's it's the, the balloon of bliss it's a string of success so when you're doing what michael did exactly he had that goal that he knew that he wanted his dream which he got from the top part of me the nine that gift he had that dream and he had to pull it down and do the work of the drills and the the practices and did he have a teacher usually when you manifest you have a, a teacher to help you but the biggest influence in his life early on was his father mm. and he was his he was his teacher and his coach until you know probably prior to college okay well that that's perfect is is a that's what i remember a father as a teacher um yes yeah, so and that's what he did he had his dream from the heavens and he had has all that and an angelic power. That's not like the little tiny fairies, the angelic powers that work with me on the top part of me, the circle of the nine, they help your greatness. And then he was able to feel the greatness and the angels and my, my, my top part, we worked together to wake up and he was able to wake up. So he knew which direction to go. He was able to hear the messages and then share. And even in sharing, when you saw him play, did you, did you feel that, that, that majesty? Were you able to feel it by watching him play? He made it, the game look easy. Like mm -hmm. he made it look at times like he was kind of floating throughout the air. And that's how he got the name Michael Air Jordan. Mm. like he when he when he would jump it just almost seems like he was floating and flying and he had this hang we they call it hang time and in, in basketball where it's like you know when your feet leave the ground for when they touch again they time it and that's your hang time and his was like astronomical so he was able to pull down that tail that grace and sophistication pull the unlimited possibility down yeah so that you could see that he was comfortable in the air with the air element pulling it down and then he pulled it down to the earth element so it's obvious watching him and he he was committed to his vision his mission and his dream that's the currency of nine mm, interesting that's yeah that solid foundation built upon a dream so he had that vision of reality what he wanted and then he pulled it down and he recognized his own qualities. That's, that's another thing. Cause he had the gift six and three, the last two digits of your, your, the year that you were born with that gift, he recognized his inner qualities 
And then he was able to extend those virtues out into the world to make a, a really positive influential difference. I think a lot of people love the game of basketball because of him and were inspired to do their best to master what it is that, that they brought them to a, a higher place, a more meaningful place. Would you say? Yeah, definitely. I, you know, I, I always say this and especially to, to non sports fans, you know, one of the reasons I love sports is for, it's for two reasons, really. First, I think it's better than anything you're going to find on reality television. And I, I find myself like saying that and reaffirming that at least once a week, when you talk about just the drama and some of the stories and things, you know, just go on and, and you give me a sporting event and I'll, I can hand you back a heartwarming story related to that one game. I, and, and it happens mm. in every single game. But the second reason is there's nothing like sports to bring a community together, you know, whether mm. it's a city or whether it's a group of fans. And I think more than anybody in my lifetime, he, you know, his fan base was just so large and it, it, it expanded mm -hmm. globally that he just brought, you know, people from all around the world together, not only got him into basketball, but himself as well. Yeah. And that's, that's powerful to be able to do something like that. Yes. So his subtle body was very strong and I, and nine, I, I rule the subtle body. That's your, it's a sophisticated invisible energy field. It's very intuitive and intelligent and multidimensional. It's limitless. That's where you're, that you see that, that air quality and you, it can't be confined. And that's that it's almost like an invisible realm. It's very deep. And it's almost as if he has antenna to this magical place. And what he, what you're seeing, the reason that people were so enamored by him and then came together is that's what we want for, for humanity is to see your unlimited potential and to assess and see everything seen and unseen and to have that sophisticated, almost like a, like a spiritual basketball player, like almost like a dance, like floating around that, that gracefulness, that pat. So he knew the patterns and he, he could figure it out. And that's, that's the nine. He had that freedom to figure it out, to master systems. And all, all of humanity has that in their own specific dream that they want to manifest at the soul level, they can figure out anything. And so call upon me, nine, write me, breathe me, do nine things, you know, change nine things in your, in your, in your house or your dwelling, um, eat nine things, you know, just keep writing me and, and, and working with me, my number, I I'm a fascinating number. If you've taken into account multiplication. So I help you figure out something really fast, and then you'll be able to, filter like everything that comes through your subconscious and pull through that filter, the sophistication that you need to have what Michael had, the, the effortless grace and maneuverability. Wow. So stepping into your master, cause nine me, I'm the master of all systems. And then when you have mastery, you move effortlessly and with ease, like he did. And there's a proficiency with me that gives you that ability to do anything. As a uh, huge Chicago Bulls fan in the 80s and 90s, I, I thank you for your contribution. Well, didn't you say the 90s? Interesting. Hmm? Yes. And you know what? Now <laughs> that I just remembered, when the U.S. Olympic Committee started putting professional NBA basketball players back into the Olympics was 92, uh, Jordan wore number nine. 
Wow. Yeah. You couldn't wear your, your number. You had to wear uh, either like one through 15. And he, I don't know if he was given or if he asked for it, but he wore number nine on that, on the NBA dream team. Mm, yeah. Well, and that helped him be a smooth operator and to just master easily to such yeah, your, great finesse. Your mm -hmm. fingerprints are all over the uh, <laughs> basketball championships in the 1990s. But anything you need that great finesse and powerful calmness, call upon me. I, I love to I love to help you penetrate beyond any kind of superficiality to that sublime universal play and remembering that you're you're here to play and I want to help you with that so that nothing is a mystery anymore. You just know you walk into a room and you know what's going on. Michael Jordan walked onto the court and he knew what to do. I want that for all of you to know what to do in your circumstance. I love it. Thank you very much. I'm going to go eat nine cookies. Okay. I love that. You can also call upon the moon um, and wear purple. How you feel about purple? Why purple? That's the the color of nine in the oh, tree, of, okay. tree of life and the tree of life where they really, um, they share the colors. So nine and um, looking at the moon can help you as well. Mm -hmm. Purple it is. Okay. Thank you very much. Thank you. This week's show is sponsored by the number nine. It's the number that helped fuel the gift of Michael Jordan, one of the greatest basketball players ever. So call upon the number nine to catch the currency of sophisticated sensitivity. Third quarter, the interview. Woohoo! All right, welcome back to the third quarter. Cheryl, who do we have today? Wow, we have a very, very special, special woohooer, Felicia. Woo <laughs> Felicia Ruth. I can't wait for you to find out what her name means. And she is just a master of sophisticated sensitivity in all that she wow. does. Yeah, everything that she does. Wow. So I've, I've known Felicia for a good while. And I've watched her, her sensitivity um, strengthen and strengthen and her able to hone in on her, um, her very unique systems of mastery. And one of them is her voice. And she will, she is creating the woohoo song for us. And she'll talk more about that, the woohoo, our theme song that we can also use when we practice the, in the woohoo craft. And um, here she is. Welcome, Felicia Ruth. Thank you so much, Pseudo Guru. And hello, Brandon. It's awesome. So nice. <laughs> awesome. Hey, Felicia, that was quite an intro. Thank you. Thank you for having me here today and sharing more about me than sometimes I might even know. But yeah, like <laughs> today, I found out I was a Sagittarius rising. Today. <laughs> and I am sitting here with the woohoo of Sagittarius all month, just totally like laughing and out of you know putting it on and just oh wow well thank you so much for for all of the learning that's happened so far through libra season and scorpio season and now sagittarius season so have you caught any woohoo currency today or this week or lately actually, and what how have you and if so actually, how have you spent it well this morning i i actually opened up 
the portal and I practiced the, I, I caught some warrior currency this morning mm. mm -hmm. through a mudra, the hand pose mm -hmm. and a movement kind of like time pulling back a, a bow and arrow. And that was from the pseudo guru morning instruction. So, and that was just a few minutes. And to be quite honest with you, I lay in bed with that one and just mm. pulled back on either side. So, mm -hmm. so for anybody not familiar, so you're a member of the Woohoo Craft, mm -hmm. and we've talked about that a few times here. And so this morning, you woke up to what today's gift, which was a warrior pose. Yes, it was. Um, I don't know, pseudo guru, what was it exactly called? But oh. it was a warrior pose. Mm -hmm. It was warrior breath. Yeah. Warrior breath. So they they wake up each each morning to a gift to get them present. It's a present to get them present and that it, it correlates to the season. So it's been all Sagittarius related breaths and it also correlates to the days. So um, today when we're um, talking, it's Mars day and it's a day to take action. So it's the, that currency of Mars with the Sagittarius, with the, the arrow, the archer to uh, really stay focused on what your personal quest is and to go forth in your day and and do it yeah it's awesome mm -hmm. well, i used that currency today to get some things done that i need to do with less emotional attachment and you know that kind of that loving detachment type of a warrior thing mm -hmm. things that you know don't make me feel all like Ooh, I just really want to do this. Like I really want this, <laughs> you know. So I I did use it, and I did the things that you know my particular constitution doesn't love to sit down and and fill out forms for medical. <laughs> I'm also uh, using it to step forward, as you said, into my voice and sharing my voice with less attachment as well. Just offering it more so as a gift, which has been a life mission and a struggle of mine but with the eclipse i was told by pseudo guru to shut doors on things and that was a biggie for me what did you shut i shut the doors on taking myself too seriously being perfectionistic or hard on myself around the voice and you know i know a lot of us have been told as we you know, are growing up things like people kind of, you know, shut, shut us up in those directions. Mm -hmm. And so I've been told my whole life, it's a gift. You have to share it, but I had this block around it. So tell me about your, uh, tell us about your singing career to this point. When did you, when did you really get started? Cause it sounds like you may have just done that somewhat recently. Yes. When COVID came to greet us a couple of years ago, I had some plans to share kirtan with an artist named in Garisha's band he was coming to the east coast and i had the delight of being able to possibly be scheduled in for, for playing a harmonium and singing some some vocals so at the time he said let's do an experiment and and we started to do a little bit more singing together because he didn't travel i committed to it then you know it's like i kind of just grabbed it i said yep yep i'm gonna be a part of this and I'm going to work with my voice. And I did. And every day been creating, you know, there's been a conscious effort for me to move through these blocks. And I do that with vocal exercises, breath work, movement, 
And then all the technical stuff that I don't like, which is like learning how to plug in a microphone and how to use GarageBand. So the Woohoo Woohoo song is the first song that I've created on GarageBand and co-creating with Garish, who will help to add some instrumentation and maybe some vocals. It sounds like you had some insecurity or or maybe lack of confidence or what there was something about your singing that you whether you didn't like or you didn't trust your voice or am I is that correct in the beginning or you had to get comfortable with it yeah I had actually knew that I had a gift in terms of singing because it made me really feel good when I was young it was my go-to for comfort and I enjoyed the singing without lessons without anything like that but I was told that a really smart young girl doesn't create a focus around around singing you create the focus around becoming a lawyer or a doctor or a you know something else and sure i do, I do love education i'm good at that <laughs> and i did pursue all of that but it doesn't hold the same it's a good way to use my mind you know in those ways sure but not the woohoo so, I mean, that's the age old thing, right? You know, follow your passion, you know, do what makes you happy. And we're all told that, but a lot of us don't. I mean, I didn't do that for a long, for years, uh, decades. Um, but you had, okay, so I guess what I was getting at is you had, there was some kind of hurdle, there was some kind of roadblock, there was something that was sort of keeping you from even in recent, or let's say back in March of a couple of years ago, to overcome that and to kind of get to the point where you're at now. What are some of the things that you, that has sort of helped you get over, whether it's mental or physical or whatever? Hmm. Well, Funny you should ask. <laughs> I, I got into ice baths, making myself uncomfortable and experiencing the cold. The cold was enormous for me in terms of, and, and you know, doing breath work, but the cold was enormous for me in terms of somehow slowing down the breath, like getting some of that, some trauma out of the body. That's one thing that has really helped to okay, shake good. things up, shake, changing my routine so that I am more so in that vibration of, you know, looking, what is my true self? What is my true self? Where am I? Where am I? And um, really grounding the natural born talent in practices. And that's so nine. I love that. That embodies the number nine. And, and what you said is when you were seven, right? What you, I remember having that conversation with you. What did you, what do you love to do when you were seven? Mm -hmm. And you said, sing. And I remember saying, then sing as you teach. I remember that conversation <laughs> and you just lit up with that possibility. And so the nine is that dream, that dream that you have right out of the crown of your head that, it, that connects you, that angelic realm, that cosmic realm with the angels that are really looking out for you to do your best here on earth to master and then you pull it down, like the bottom of the nine, you're pulling it down into, like you said, grounded, you're grounding. And then you have to do that work here on earth is learning all the things to bring that, that dream into manifestation. And I, I think one of your blocks too was that perfection. And I've seen that with you. And that's why I said, I want, I, it doesn't matter. I, I just, let's just do it. And you and you agree to that. But that's your Sagittarius too, that your Sagittarius rising is that higher education. And you started with university and college, which was fabulous. And you love that. And then you took it, you, you found a teacher in Garish. And there's a sign there, Garish and Felish, 
right? Felicia, rhyme. So when you have that rhyming, then you know it's a signal, it's a sign from the universe that rhyming is magic and what you two create is magic together. That's the nine. That's the sophisticated <laughs> subtlety. Yes. I think Felicia just realized the rhyming <laughs> potential there. He's a great teacher and a great vehicle for teachings. I don't know if that's a weird thing to say, but, and the perfectionism, yeah, it's a lot of patience. I consider the, that the teachers in my life who have been able to be patient with me, including the pseudo guru and keep pointing me towards myself are just an enormous, enormous gift. The perfectionism is huge shyness was a problem. So there's a mixture between the two of those, you know, and people will say, oh, you're not shy. You're not shy at all. But gosh, you know, I really, really feel, <laughs> I really feel for, I physically, you know, I have that physical sensation of what it feels like to be shy. And I love helping people in that way. So hopefully I can get over myself and share. It's painful when you can't. Mm -hmm. And I love that you're being uncomfortable. Like that's, I think that's the greatest teaching. Then that's what you're doing. That's the, the ninth house, the Sagittarius teaching, the Jupiter expansion is you learn something like, oh, if I can be uncomfortable in something else, taking a cold bath, taking a cold shower, then I can be uncomfortable getting on a stage. So I'm curious when you're on the stage and you're singing, what is your seven-year-old self? How does she feel when you're doing that? Yeah, I used to have terrible stage fright. Right now, my my seven year old, especially with Kirtan, gets on the stage and is not does not have any stage fright. I'm actually in a completely blissful state when I'm in Kirtan on a stage. Mm. Uh, pretty good as long as I have the chords and the you know as long as I have the grounding of knowing what it is I'm doing, which is where the practice comes in. So can you tell us how your sensitivity, that sophisticated sensitivity that you have, how does that work in the harmony, which you have with, as a Libra, bringing harmony to the world and balance? How does that work with the, your voice and then the notes that you're playing? Like, how do, how do you, can you explain how the, the sensitivity helps you create harmony? I've just reopened to harmony. Harmony was never, no one, I didn't even know what harmony was when I was little. I was just able to pull it. Pull, pull it down. It. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And fear, you know, and stuckness made me think, am I doing this right or anything, you know? Mm. And the Woohoo Woohoo song has a couple of harmonies in it. I hope you'll hear more in the future. Um, suddenly, in, you know, as far as mastering that sophisticated sensitivity is plugging in again to that download that mm. comes. And it's just, mm -hmm. it's just the music of the universe. that's right there, just right there. If you let go. Yes. So you're, so you're understanding how to catch it and that's what it is. It's like lining up and catching it. And that's what you're saying that you're doing and then pulling it down. And then with that currency, you're actually have, the, you have the energy to do the work and to, and then you'll hear the notes, you'll hear the, the lyrics, it'll come to you. And then that's, that's the harmony. That's the balance. And someone yeah. like me, I mean, you can tell me more about myself that I, and I have learned already the last few months so much more. I know that my constitution is such that it's very ethereal, mm -hmm. you know, connected to the cosmos. And so for me, you know, eating, like I had a sweet potato today. That's part of my, that's part of my currency, right? Root, root cooked root vegetables. 
and practice. Things came easily to me and I didn't practice. I didn't do my homework when I was growing up. I just told my son, I didn't do my homework. <laughs> that's, that's, I find that very grounding is, yeah, when I found yoga practices 14 years ago, it was just in a desperate attempt to say, look, I have no role models in discipline. I don't, <laughs> I don't even, I just kind of float around and, and enjoy. I need some discipline. So that's been amazing. And as I said, the last two years, giving that gift of time for more and more discipline has been absolutely life-changing, transformative. And I'm just really enjoying this month, mm -hmm. the laughter, yoga piece, the, the reminders, the reminders about the actual chemistry change when we smile and it just feels so good. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And especially the laughter when you just, you know, sometimes you start off just pretending to laugh like a pseudo laughter. And then, <laughs> and then you wind up laughing because the sound of it is such a high vibration that you magnetically are attracted to the sound of laughter. And then you start to laugh. I think that just, um, it's like, you know, music, right? When you hear music, it just uplifts you when it's at that high vibration. And especially like with you doing that work and having a teacher, having Garish, and then, and then mastering it so much that you're actually now singing with him you, and you even perform on stages with him. Yes. That's, that's been going on a little bit for a while, but I think the, I think the key is for me to be, have the capacity. And he's one of those kinds of teachers, which I really appreciate, which wants you to do it on your own. Yes. Not fall underneath another teacher and have, right. you know, reliable on a teacher. So, you know, I really see as a positive quality in all of my teachers. I don't really have problems live. I had had some problems with recording and sharing because of the perfectionism mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. because of the skill, the lack yes. of skill, you know, you, if you want to share, you, you really have to know how, so, mm -hmm. you know, you have to know how to play an instrument to accompany yourself sometimes if you, if you don't want to rely on somebody else, you know, yes. anything you want to plug, sure. you know, we, well, we expect to have a hundred thousand listeners by the end of the week. So what can we, I, uh... I expect to have a hundred thousand <laughs> followers suddenly, at the end of the weekend. and especially since my 10 song CD is going to be released, you know, one song this week isn't enough. I'll have to get, I'll have to hit maybe 10 more, make it 11, make it a nice solid 11 number. Right. And when mm -hmm. that all happens, I guess I'll be announcing it on Instagram. And so, yeah, my Instagram name is Yoga Lisha, and it does not have to do with the Felicia rhyming thing. It's a little bit more serious. We need no militia. We need a Yoga Lisha. And um, it reminds me of my purpose to bring, you know, to bring it on and, you know, to take the form. So again, so just thank you so much this morning for reminding me to bring it on with that archer pose. And what am I bringing on right now since I shut the door on shyness and perfectionism is my true self sharing my voice without really, you know, sharing the process of grounding a voice, grounding the cosmic, you know, energy, the cosmic downloads, and maybe the, the actual vibrations and the harmony that are in the, this outer universe, right. By bringing myself so tightly and so carefully into the core of who I am that I have no choice but to match up with what's out there, you know, because we're all somehow encoded to match that universal woohoo energy, our yes. own particular version of it. So what is your message 
to everybody on as a Sagittarius rising. What is your message of something that you, I think I know what it's going to be, but that you, about your voice that you, um, that yeah. you'd like to share? I think that love is the answer for our voices. You know, we have to love our voice exactly as it is in order to rise, you know, to be buoyant in that Sagittarius energy. It's when we match, when that love really is able to be practiced, because it is a practice. It is not something, at least for me, that comes right away. When we practice loving ourselves exactly as we are, we can, we can share and it's pretty healing and it feels really good. It feels as good as laughing. Yes. And I think laughter is a tool to get you to your authentic voice. I think if you don't love your voice, you may have some blockages. It might not be your voice. Right. And it like, may. what happens? So what's the big deal if you have a pitchy note or you say something stupid? Like, can we, can we just laugh at ourselves and say like, God, I'm so human. And that's been, that's not a easy thing to do, but it is, you know? Mm -hmm. So I'm just going to repeat that I will hold myself to loving my voice exactly as it is with the help of my friends, with the reminders until it's completely steady and pseudo guru. Thank you for continuing to bring the rue and help me out with all of that. And your encouragement is phenomenal. It's cosmic, absolute, mm, yum. I guess it's the cosmic. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, 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 wish, I wish everybody could see your face right now because it's, <laughs> you're, you're, you're beaming with, I don't know, happiness, love, mm -hmm. appreciation. That was an awesome story. Thank you for sharing. And I don't, I don't think you need it because you seem like you're on an amazing upward trajectory, but keep going. And I can't wait to see how high you, you get because it's going to be pretty awesome. Thank you. And we'll have the woohoo music soon. So that'll be our, yeah. our music for our podcast. Yeah. We will. We're very yeah. excited. Mm -hmm. And for our woohoo craft for us to use with our breath practices, our gifts. So thank you so much. You're such a gift. And I love that we're woohooing together. Yes, I love you, Sudo Guru. Thank you. Woohoo. Fourth quarter, this week's top four list. Okay, we're back. Fourth quarter, pseudo guru, top four lists. What do we have today? Top four ways to catch nines currency. Ooh, nice. Number four, wear purple and silver. Okay. Just any top, bottom, undergarments, mm -hmm. any just purple and silver. Okay. Yes. And it could also be with gems or like even accessories, you know, pur purple or silver lipstick. Jewelry, okay. yeah, or even look at it, like have it in your, in your space. Maybe you you have an altar or that altars that alter your the energy, alter your space. Have a space for purple and silver candles as well. Just bringing that those colors in, purple and silver. Okay, number three. Look at the moon. Gaze at the moon early and late. Um, include a a mantra or something that you, a way to connect to the moon because the, the nine and the moon are associated. Okay. You ready to do that with the moon? Mm -hmm. Like just know yeah. like where, what the phases of the moon are and how it affects you. Cause it's subtle, that subtlety 
that's nine, that's sophisticated subtlety. So knowing, knowing how the moon affects you, like you, you'd probably notice on a full moon, how you feel compared to a new moon, right? Full moon, you have more energy, perhaps you might feel a little loony, loony moon, right? A new moon, you, you might be a little bit more tired, um, taking things easy. So, and then I'm starting moon, to notice those things now, I, I never paid attention to them, but there's, there are definitely correlations in, in my life. Mm -hmm. And then moon day, of course, that comes after Sunday. Okay. Number two, find a teacher that can help you master what you want to manifest. Okay. Master your dreams. Like Michael Jordan had his father. So find a teacher it could be a pseudo teacher, a pseudo type guru, you know, until you're able to do it yourself, which is what we do at woohoo craft, right? I'm your pseudo guru until you're, your, you realize that you're your own guru. That's right. And then number one would be to draw the nine, work with the nine, look at the nine, multiply with nine, see what happens. Um, draw it in your own font. And with that inscription, place it somewhere so you can look at it. And should we, should we color it in with purple and silver? Oh, there you go. Exactly. Okay. Yes. Okay. Awesome. Uh, there you have it. Top four lists. Top four ways to catch the currency of the number nine. Pseudo Guru, thank you again for another amazing episode and look forward to talking to you again next week. Okay, thank you. And thank you all to all of you who are listening. We're so grateful. Adios. See you soon. Thanks, bye. The cosmic premiere of Felicia Ruth's Woohoo. Place your hands together, close your eyes, roll them up to the space between your brows. And when you hear the woo, breathe in. When you hear the who, breathe out. Bring the rhythmic currency of woohoo into all the cells of your body as you breathe in and out. Woohoo.